Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and I'll be flying solo this week. Michael is on vacation with the fam out of town. We excuse him to enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday out there in sunny Florida. If you want to keep up with us on Twitter, you can follow us, the show account at 23Personnel. It's 23Personnel. You can follow me at PuntSuck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. I want to wrap up the Lady Raiders soccer team. Number 15, they fell in the Chapel Hill Regional this past week on Friday afternoon, Friday evening to Michigan, 3-2. to two. They finished the season at 15-4-3, in conference, ended up second behind Oklahoma State. Had number 22, Kirsten Davis, named semifinalist to the Mac Herman Trophy, which is the highest honor in collegiate soccer. This is the third time in tech history that that has happened. So one, congrats to the Lady Raiders for a fantastic season. And congrats to Kirsten Davis. Hopefully she continues on um, on this track to possibly win the Mac Herman Trophy. Before we get into football, I uh, want to let you know we've got lots of football to talk about. Finish up, wrap up the Kansas State game. Do a preview um, for the game this week against the Longhorns. Got some commit news. Uh, we'll talk about basketball. Had a couple games to recap, talk about, and then get prepared for another two games this week. And then there's actually some baseball news. As the 2020 baseball schedule was released this afternoon or this morning, we'll talk about that for a little bit. Answer your questions, get you ready for Thanksgiving and what we learned. But before we get into football, I want to let you know that as a sponsor of the 23 Personnel and of Armchair Media, my bookie is running a special promo for Turkey Day. This week only, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give you all of your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code CHAIR, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. 
Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get any action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, let's jump into football. Welker takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35-40. He's the midfield, the 45-40. He may go. 25-10. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis Webb, the freshman, screen. Underneath Derek Moore, breaks the tackle, still running up the sideline, turns on the juice, touchdown. So Harold in the shotgun. From the 28, the throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He breaks. Oh, he's the worst. Red Raiders. Unbelievable. Touchdown. Red Raiders. Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin. All right, we want to wrap up the Kansas State game real briefly. Um, And I guess it really starts with some of the injury updates that we got this past Monday from head coach Matt Wells. Obviously, TJ Vasher did end up playing a little bit this past weekend against Kansas State. Tejon Henry, running back and receiver Dalton Rigdon are considered day-to-day. They will be evaluated as they go through practice. And if they're able to go, obviously they'll play this weekend. But it one didn't sound like Coach Wells was very confident in either one of them being able to play. Without Henry, you're, you're, you're still down to the the one scholarship running back with Sarajic Thompson. You saw how well he did this past weekend at home against Kansas State. And then without Dalton Rigdon, you you see a lot more of McLean Mannix. There were some, it looked like t- timing issues between Mannix and Duffy. I would think that with more time to, to practice together and for Mannix to take over that role from Rigdon this week in practice, some of that may get cleaned up a little bit. But also in the the Monday morning press conference, Wells was asked about how they had done, how they address uh, some of the close losses, and he said, obviously we don't we don't try to push that to the back burner and, and try to get through it. They they will analyze all this kind of stuff uh, on a Monday, and he said it's something that they'll also be looking at um, in the off season. Wells did say that Tech has gone zero and five in these games, where they had a fourth quarter lead, or that they lost or that the, the other team was able to score in the last play of the game. Having said that, though, he also indicated that he's been impressed with the response from the team during the week after these um, close and emotional losses. And he says that the way that they're responding in these meetings and practices is evidence to him that the team is turning the corner, that it's more than just hope, it's actually evidence for him. The other thing I want wanted to touch on real briefly about the close games, I think a lot of people are are trying to make the comparison to Chris Beard in his first season. You saw Beard lose a lot of close games. And I would I would just point and say you could see some similarities, uh, but that just because you're losing close games doesn't mean that the next season you're going to be winning these close games. You would hope that that, that change is made that you can make into, into those, more into the win column and these close games and, and losses. But I think a lot of people are, are looking at what Chris Beard has done and saying that's what's going to happen with, with Wells. And not that that's not the hope, but... 
That's just not something you can project accurately. Jordan Brooks, uh, again, had a, a fantastic game. Despite, I guess, missing the TCU game, he's still leading the conference in tackles. He's leading the team, at least. He's named, he was named uh, one of the six finalists for the Butkus Award, which is given out to the nation's best linebacker. Brooks is, would be the first uh, Red Raider named to this list since Zach Thomas was named there in 1995. So nearly 30 years ago, Brooks is the lone finalist in the Big 12. He's joined by Zach Bond of Wisconsin, Micah Parsons from Penn State, Isaiah Simmons from... That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Clemson, Evan Weaver from Cal, and Logan Wilson from Wyoming. The winner will be announced. Uh, The release said on or before December 10th. So here in just a couple of weeks. And this quote from the release, I wanted to, to... to read for you guys, despite missing the bulk of the TCU game two weeks two weekends ago, Brooks enters the regular season finale at Texas this Friday as the only player in the country to rank in the top 15 nationally for tackles for a loss per game, where he's third, and solo tackles per game at eighth, and total tackles per game at 13th. Brooks has totaled an impressive 108 tackles already this season, including 20 that have come behind the line of scrimmage. Brooks leads all Butkus Award finalists and tackles for a loss this season, as his total is the most by a Red Raider since Adele Duckett recorded a school record 24 and a half in 2003. Brooks obviously is within reach of tying or breaking that with the game this weekend. We need four and a half. He's notched several games with multiple tackles for loss, so he could tie that record or set it himself. And what Matt Wells has has named or deemed Texas Tech's bowl game this weekend. Since they are four and seven, they will not be going to a bowl. This last game of the season at Texas is what they're going to consider their bowl game. So Brooks has one more shot to tie that, to make his case for the Butkus award. I think he's got a really good shot considering those other players on the list. Some other good news coming out this week was that four-star receiver, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, Loic Fuanji out of Midland Lee, committed to Texas Tech. He's a four-star, uh, high three-star guy, tall, 6'4", 190. He's the 18th commit on the 2020 class, recruiting class, which you can find up on Staking the Plains. As a senior, in his senior year, uh, he's totaled 1,425 receiving yards and 22 touchdowns. Our man Keith Patrick was able to see this uh, this player up close and personal when Friendship traveled down to Midland to play Lee 
Uh, and in, in this game, Fuanji had 11 receptions for 228 yards and three touchdowns. All three of those figures are season highs for Fuanji, but obviously 1,400 yards and 22 touchdowns is a lot. Wells did indicate that they are still looking to add to this class. They're not done yet. They still have, you know, two and a half months until signing day, until the, the final signing day. Um, they've got the early signing period coming up next month, but they are looking to fill some of those spots at all three levels, you know, high school, JUCO, grad transfer. They did have a um, grad transfer in on campus this past weekend from Michigan State, a linebacker. So they are, like I said, trying to fill some of those last few scholarships and continue to build the 2020 roster. Before we get into the Texas preview, I want to give a quick recap from around the Big 12 and Week 13. There's a lot of controversy or, or a lot of talk surrounding the TCU and Oklahoma game. TCU was on the road in Norman. They ended up falling to the Sooners 24-28. to 28. I think namely there was a um, a first down awarded to Oklahoma, which I think a lot of the videos on, on Twitter is showing that it looked like running back Kennedy Brooks, his forward progress was stopped at the line of scrimmage, which was a full yard short of the line to gain, but that the Big 12 referees for that game went ahead and gave him the first down. Oklahoma State went on the road to Morgantown and defeated the Mountaineers 20-13. to Oklahoma State has really done well since their loss against the Red Raiders earlier this season. Kansas was on the road at Iowa State. It was a close game there towards the end. Um, Iowa State was able to pull it out and put some points up late to finish off the Jayhawks 41-31. to Current Big 12 standings have the Sooners back in front. At number one, Baylor Bears at two, Oklahoma State at three, Iowa State, Texas at five, Kansas State, TCU, Texas Tech at eight, West Virginia, and Kansas. Then look ahead from around the rest of the conference this week before we talk about Texas. Friday, obviously, uh, the Texas Tech-Texas game, and then Friday afternoon, West Virginia is on the road in Fort Worth against TCU at 315. That'll be shown on ESPN. And then on Saturday, Baylor is going up to Lawrence to play Kansas. Uh, Baylor should finish out their, their season there at 11 and 1. Iowa State is on the road at Kansas State. And then Oklahoma is traveling to Stillwater to take on the Cowboys for the annual Bedlam game on Fox 7 p.m. So a lot of Intriguing matchups, I would say, around the country, not so much in the Big 12 outside of Bedlam on Saturday night. You would assume Baylor taking on Kansas would, would take care of business. Iowa State on the road, uh, Kansas State for Farmageddon. I don't I don't see Kansas State being able to win that one. Um, and then West Virginia TCU is kind of a snoozer. So yeah, let's let's talk about uh let's talk about the Texas Longhorns. Texas Tech is traveling down to Austin this week, take on the Longhorns. Game number 12 for both teams. Texas Tech obviously at four and seven, two and six in the conference. Texas at six and five, four and four in the conference. Game will be 11 o'clock on Fox. And before before we talk about the game, I want to to mention real quick, if you didn't already know that there is a familiar name on on the Texas staff to Matt Wells in the defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando. He was, he coached for Wells at Utah State for their first couple of years there won something like 19 or 20 games together. Wells did mention that in the press conference, he was asked uh, about what it's like going against a former coach of his. And he said that, you know, one, it's been long enough that their tendencies have evolved and changed enough that it's not so much going against somebody that knows you and knows your your system inside and out. 
Well said. He's changed offenses since then. Orlando has changed his his tendencies. Obviously, they they played their strengths, and or, Orlando has access to more talent in Austin than he did up in Logan. And the other thing I, I was thinking of is that when you do go against somebody familiar like this, you can actually use those tendencies against your opponent. And that on offense, when Todd Orlando is trying to defend you, he may think he knows what Wells what his tendency would be. And Wells can obviously play against that and vice versa. Wells, knowing what Todd Orlando likes to do on defense, would able to kind of look at, at the tendency Orlando would be able to play against that. So Longhorns last weekend were up in Waco against the Bears, lost that one 24-10. Longhorns scored their only touchdown as time expired. It was a garbage touchdown really for them to, to kind of close that gap. It really was 24-3. They, they took possession of the ball right there at the very end with 43 seconds. They able to drive, I think, the 50 or 55 yards. Quarterback Sam Ellinger was 22 of 37 on the day, only for 200 yards, um, 5.4 yards per attempt, no touchdowns, one interception. Running back Keontae Ingram had seven carries, 86 yards at 12 yards per carry. But of those 86, 68 came on one run. So he really had... 18 yards on six carries on his other six carries. Ellinger had 19 carries for 79 yards at 4.2 yards a carry and a long of 17. So they weren't very effective through the air. They were able to get a couple of longer chunk plays on the ground, but uh, the bear defense was able to to slow them down on average though. The Texas offense does pick up about 300 yards or 290 yards through the air uh, on 39 attempts and runs for 165 yards and 35 carries, or about 4.6 yards per carry. So they're, if you look at their attempts, obviously there's 39 pass attempts, 35 carries. Or they strive for balance, a number of plays called in both directions. Ellinger is completing about 65% of his passes, almost 290 yards a game, and has basically a 3-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's got 27 touchdowns and 9 interceptions on the year. Uh, and then on the ground, he averages about 13 carries and 50 yards a game. He's got 507 total yards and five touchdowns. Keontae Ingram averages about 12 carries and 66 yards. So neither one of them on the ground is going to be a guy that you have to focus in on, like Chuba Hubbard of Oklahoma State or uh, Kennedy Brooks of Oklahoma. They're going to do it together. Ingram on the year has 728 yards and six touchdowns. The main focus point, I think, for their offense would obviously have to be Devin Duvernay, receiver out there at 97 receptions, 1,095 yards, seven touchdowns. So he's at, you know, nine receptions and 100 yards a game. Other receivers that you would be familiar with, Colin Johnson, the, the big 6'5 threat on the outside, 35 receptions, 497 yards. So he's the next leading receiver at about as a third as many receptions as Duvernay in about half as many yards, only has two touchdowns on the season. And then Brennan Eagles, 27 receptions, 498 yards, and six touchdowns. The problem with that, though, for the Longhorns is that all four of those guys, Keontae Ingram, Devin Duvernay, Colin Johnson, and Brennan Ingles, are all listed as questionable for Friday's game. I think it's unlikely that either all four play or that all four miss. So it would be some combination of one or a couple of those guys missing out. But on the ground, obviously... Keontae Ingram is their main running back. They've got Roshan Johnson uh, and then Sam Ellinger. And then if they're missing Devin Duvernay on the outside or at receiver, that's really going to put a much more heavy emphasis on on running the ball. On the defensive side, though, 
They give up about 450 yards a game, 300 through the year, 150 on the ground, so 4.3 yards per carry. You actually see that that 4.3, the 150 rush yards a game, because you want to to see Tragic Thompson get in there and really assert himself on the ground. I think if you're seeing Texas Tech get up towards 150 rushing yards, you you, you feel pretty good about your chances in this game. The 300 300 passing yards, I think you, you may be able to get to without necessarily feeling like, like you've got a great shot. But the 150 rushing yards would be a key stat to keep keep track of. And then Texas, surprising, is a little bit better defensively on the road than they are at home. Uh, despite their 4-1 home record, to me that just says that their offense is better at home than their defense is worse at home, if that makes sense. So whatever whatever drop-off Texas has on defense at home their offense takes a bigger step forward than their offense than their defense does. That probably makes no sense. I'm confusing everybody, including myself. But Texas is better defensively on the road. If you look at the advanced stats, though, Texas Tech is held consistent there in that number 47 spot in the S&P Plus. Texas is up at 28. The betting lines opened up uh, as Texas was a two-score favorite. It's kind of it's gone up since then. Anywhere between 10 and 10 and a half points over under set at 66 points. You know, when, when looking at, at predicting this game, being that neither team really has, has something to, to play for and that Texas Tech is not going to be able to make it a bowl game. Texas has already got its six wins. And with all of the injuries, it makes this game a little hard to predict. I think, though, being in Austin, Texas would get the nod and that they just their overall talent. Even with some of their key guys possibly missing the game, I'm looking at Texas probably winning by a touchdown, so like 34-27. But if if they do miss some more of their key guys on offense, we know they're missing a lot of guys on defense, especially in the, in the defensive backfield. I, I can see this game being a little bit lower scoring as it's been the past couple seasons uh, in Austin, or past couple trips down to Austin. And Texas Tech would be could win this game, couldn't pull it out, but I think that would heavily to depend on how much Texas talent is missing this game. If you want to hear our countdown to kickoff this weekend, we'll be on again with Rob Bro on Talk 1340. Carson Robinson, I believe, is going to be out, but he may be there. Tucker Lawrence will be there. Uh, we will be on the air two hours prior to kickoff, so we'll go 9 to 11 a.m. You can catch us on 1340 a.m. streaming online or through the Talk 1340 app to your mobile phone or smart speaker. All right, guys, before we get into basketball, I want to ask you if you remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S., a, and since Blue Chew partners and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay the $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. 
promo code armchair to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Over the top, McCormick in a crowd strip by Owens. Already on the run, bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans. Yes. Game over. Mooney with a crossover and the lob to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double into Tariq. Oh, puts it down. Already. Odiasi throws it in. Got caught down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good. Culver got the separation. Oh, big shot. Stepping up big time. Dagger. Culver with the dish. Odiasi. And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. All right, the basketball team is holding steady at number 12 in the AP poll. Number nine in the basketball power index as they are now 5-0 and on the season. This past week, Jemias Ramsey was named Big 12 Newcomer of the Week and is the second Red Raider this season to be named as such as TJ Holyfield received this rec- recognition earlier on. This past week, we did have two games. Game number four versus Tennessee State. Texas Tech obviously wins 72-57. to This was an ugly game. I don't know if you were able to watch any of it. TJ Holyfield got in foul trouble early. And I think, I would like to think that Chris Beard pulled him out and kind of forced his team to see who they were without Holyfield. Holyfield only played five minutes in the first half. But without him, before they made any kind of transition and adjustment to how Tennessee State was playing them, it was a lot of isolation, a lot of one-on-one, very little ball movement. Tech also didn't shoot very well. Probably a combination of of trying to play one-on-one and not finding or creating open shots. They shot 34% from the field, 26% from three. They were 6 of 23 on the night. Um, They did shoot 84% from the free throw line. Tennessee State was, was very aggressive. Um, on the defensive side, Edwards shot eight for eight. Shannon, seven of eight. Ramsey, five of six. Holyfield, four of five. Nobody missed more than one free throw. Tech had four scores in double figures. Edwards had 10. Shannon, 13. Ramsey, 13. Moretti kind of broke out in the second half and scored 19. Still working on cl- cleaning up the turnovers. Tech had 13 total and forced 19 from Tennessee State. This is a team that we may hear a little bit more later on down the road as a mid-major, kind of making some noise. Doubtful that Tech would play them again, but they may be able to, to, to find themselves into a um, bubble conversation or maybe into the um, one of the other tournaments. Then they played again on Sunday this past weekend against Long Island. They won this game pretty comfortably, 96-66. to 66. However, that first first half was was pretty close. You actually went into halftime with, as Long Island had, had the lead, they were 42-41 to 41 there at the half, but you were able to take that one-point deficit at half and turn it into a 30-point win as you outscored the Sharks 55-24 to in the second half. Jemias Ramsey had himself an offensive day. He went off for 27 points in 32 minutes, 10 of 16 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3. Again, you had three other players scoring double figures. Edwards again had 10. Um, he also had six assists. 
Shannon again had 13. Moretti had 12. And Moretti was super efficient when he did have the ball and take a shot. He was five of six on field goals, two for two from three. The team shot much better in this game. Obviously, when he scored 96 points, they shot 51.5% from the field and turned it over only 10 times and, and forced Long Island into 19 turnovers, much like they did for Tennessee State. Chris Clark is really interesting to watch. He's, he continues to fill up the stat sheet in just different ways. He did score more points in this game than he's probably scored all season in eight points. Uh, he's two for five from the field, four for four from the free throw line, uh, but he had eight rebounds and three assists. Whereas, you know, in other games he's had double digit rebounds or double digit assists in those games. I wanted to look at some of the team stats through the first five games before we look ahead to the Las Vegas and invitational tournament where the Red Raiders are heading this week. If you look around in the Big 12, uh, offensively, Texas Tech is the number one scoring offense uh, at 87 points per game. They shoot the ball very well at number two in the, in the conference for field goal percentage at just over 50%, number one in three-point percentage at 42%, uh, which is also good for number 10 nationally. And they have the number two rebounding offense at 41.8 rebounds per game, That's total rebounds. They also lead the nation in assists per game at 22. Jemias Ramsey, as we mentioned earlier with all the points he's been scoring, is actually the Big 12's leading scorer at 19.4 points per game. TJ Holyfield is the Big 12's most efficient scorer at just under 78%. So when these guys have the ball, they are doing what they need to do, scoring points uh, and taking good shots. On the defensive side, still trying to get all this together with the newcomers. They are the number four scoring defense in the Big 12 at allowing only 60.2 points per game. Number five in field goal percent defensively at 37.4. But they are number one in scoring margin at plus 26.8 points. And they are the number one rebounding defense in the, in the conference at just under 30 rebounds given up per game. So 29.6. This week they're heading off, like I said, to the Las Vegas Invitational. First game will be Thursday night, Thanksgiving night against the Hawkeyes of Iowa who are 4-1 on the season, number 30 in the BPI. They play Thanksgiving night, 7 p.m. on FS1, and then they will either play Creighton or San Diego State. If you're looking at BPI rankings, Texas Tech is number 9. Creighton is 44. San Diego State is 43. So all, all three of these teams are resume boosters. They're teams that you'll probably be hearing from again later on down the, the season as likely uh, participants in the tournament in March. All right, moving right into baseball. Something we haven't seen in a while is in that Texas Tech usually releases their baseball schedule right there uh, maybe a week or two before the season kicks off. With the way that Tim Tadlock schedules, it sometimes can take a while to get everything finalized, but this year he's got it done in November. 2020 schedule was released. It features 30 home games. And this is the second consecutive year that Tech will face an opponent from all five Power 5 conferences, including 11 games versus non-Big 12 Power 5 schools. On the schedule, they will have 21 games versus 2019 NCAA tournament teams, including three regional hosts, four super regional teams, and two teams that made it to Omaha with the Red Raiders. Before we get into the, the schedule uh, and the actual teams will be facing. There was one thing on the schedule that, that caught my eye and that three of the last conference series will be on the road. You host Oklahoma there in early, early April, that second weekend of April. 
and then you travel to Baylor, to Kansas, you're home again versus Texas, and then you're out for the last series at TCU. The series right after Oklahoma is actually a non-conference series where you'll, you'll host New Mexico. And then after that, you only have three more home games. So New Mexico is is out on April 14th. They're here for two games, the 13th and the 14th. After the 14th of, in April against New Mexico, you only have three more home games the rest of the season, which ends at TCU a month later on May the 16th. So if you're going to be attending baseball games at Denlaw Field this season, you'll need to get in there February, March, and early April. Now, for some of those those games that you'd be looking to attend, you've got home series this year. You start off with Houston Baptist, Northern Colorado, and then those two teams will actually play play each other while they're in town here in Lubbock. You'll host Southern UNLV, although I, I wish we could get UNLV on the basketball schedule. Uh, Rice has been a, a traditionally pretty powerful team. Conference, Your first conference home series will be against West Virginia. Also hosting Power 5 teams in Minnesota and Oregon. And then Kansas State, Oklahoma, Texas are your home series. You've got West Virginia, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Texas at home this year in conference. On the road, true road series or road games, you'll be playing at Florida State. You'll you'll make a return trip out to Albuquerque for the Lobos. You have a road series in conference against Oklahoma State, Baylor, Kansas. You've got a game against ACU. You've got a game against Dallas Baptist. Both of those are on the road. And then a road conference series to end the season at TCU. And then some of your neutral site games or series, you'll th- you'll play three games in Round Rock against Tennessee, Stanford, and Houston. And then while you're out there playing Florida State and Tallahassee, you'll play Florida Atlantic. You'll play Mississippi State, UTSA, and then you'll play ACU in Midland. So your 2020 baseball season has been released. Go check it out on the in the show notes or on the Texas Tech website. Lots to be excited for for another run towards a College World Series appearance. Lots of games in there to boost your your RPI, your record. Even if you're, you're losing some of these games, they're strong enough opponents that you will not be hurt by it. Now that we've gotten through baseball, we're kind of flying through this. We'll get into your questions and top Thanksgiving foods. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Uh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, first up, we've got Steve McClure at A Steve, so EH Steve989. He asked, football, expect to see any talent, especially quarterback transfer out. I think we've kind of gone on record that, that we, we, we would expect if there would be a, a quarterback to transfer out, it would be Alan Bowman. To me, it makes the most sense because of how much eligibility he has left. And then with the incoming talent behind him, Maverick McIver and Donovan Smith, the true freshman that will be joining the program from Friendship, he can seek playing time elsewhere because it's not like he will be assured a, a starting role when the spring rolls around because of how well Duffy has played and then Duffy will be a senior this year. So I think if anybody quarterback wise would be transferring, it would be Alan Bowman. He goes on to ask what three major components would you identify as essential or realistic to improve before next season, both on and off the field? 
on the field, I would say it would need to be, you need to look at how you can be efficient on, in the offensive side, not going away from the run when it's working to get you into better third down situations. Ultimately, my point is, I think you need to be better on, on third down. You've done well protecting the ball this season. So on offense, I think you need to be more efficient on third down, which helps to get there third and short, th- third and medium at the, at the least. So you're not facing a bunch of third and longs. Defensively, I think you need to kind of look around the linebacker room and, and figure out who's going to step into that role that Jordan Brooks has played this year when he's been out. And you've seen Rico Jeffers do a really good job. You can would consider, you would hope that he would continue to develop and build off of what we've seen so far off the field being that we haven't really heard of anything I wouldn't say there's anything off the field as of today that I would say needs to be addressed basketball he finishes up how excited are y'all for me to finally catch my Red Raiders when they come to Chicago to play DePaul yeah it's a great opponent for Tech to be taken on on the road they have played Iowa and that's Iowa's one loss on the year was when they faced DePaul It'd be great to see them on a true road environment. They will have, obviously, some neutral site games coming up at non-conference when they take on Louisville, and I'm blanking on the other non-conference team. But yeah, it'll be great. Excited for you to be able to go go out there and see the Red Raiders this season, see them in in person. Been a lot of of talk on... On some Thanksgiving recipes, there was a map that Rob Bro tweeted out that was looking at the most Googled Thanksgiving recipe. For Texas, it's been pecan pie. Kind of surprisingly, there are several states that are searching for mashed potatoes, including Washington, California, North and South Dakota, Minnesota, Indiana, nope, sorry, Illinois, and New Jersey. So those are really interesting. <laughs> like, how can you... How do you need a, a recipe for mashed potatoes? And and I mean, yes, it is more than just taking cooked and boiled mashed potatoes and, and putting them into a, a mixer and breaking them down. You need some kind of dairy, salt, and butter, but that's that's kind of surprising. Other interesting ones out there, people searching for, for jello recipes. I, I don't understand how you're looking for a jello recipe. It's not like it's on the box, but Idaho, Utah, Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan, Ohio, West Virginia. Like there are all these places looking for ways to make jello. So that's interesting. I know that Michael sent in a question and I'll get to it really quickly. How did Texas Tech basketball go from being down by one to win by 30 on Sunday during my flight? So we talked a little bit about that a little earlier in our basketball section. Jemias Ramsey went off in the second half and Moretti was, was really efficient as well. Defensively, I think is when it, where the biggest difference was you give it 42 points in the first half to only 24 in the second half. You're able to kind of stretch out Long Island and they just didn't have the depth or talent that you did. Michael says, setting the Herman headbutt over under at two and a half, what say you? So if you didn't see this last week, he was in pregame. He was headbutting one of the, his own players. Herman was not wearing a helmet. The player was very questionable call on his part. <laughs> Over under two and a half. I don't know. It's hard to say if he learned his lesson or not. Give me the over though. And then Michael finishes up. What is your most overrated Thanksgiving food? Cranberry sauce. I don't get it. A lot of people are all about it. I just, and it's like, it's like the canned stuff too. I don't like they They want the shape from the, from the can still there. I, I like cranberries just fine. I just, um, there's nothing really there that uh that, that gets me going. So yeah, that that'll do it for for questions and Thanksgiving foods. If you were to to ask me though about a um, 
some kind of strategy for going through the line. You do need a little bit of your protein, whether it's chicken or turkey, but like a small piece. And then you just need to load up on sides. Best sides, obviously, are going to be like your green bean casserole, your mashed potatoes, your gravy, and your dressing or stuffing, however you, you call it. And then save just enough room for some dessert, a pie. My favorite is pumpkin. Right behind that would be pecan, but if I'm going for dessert, it's definitely going to be pumpkin pie. And then hopefully you've got some leftover rolls left around later on that evening, and you can start making some sandwiches to kind of hold you over till you get your Black Friday shopping on. So let's roll into what we learned, and then we'll we'll wrap this thing up. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. My son is out of school all of this week, which is strange because when I was in school, the Thanksgiving week, you had you had class Monday and Tuesday, then you're off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Now they're off the whole week. He, he has a he goes to an after school daycare, but they didn't tell us they had plans to to kind of cover the 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 gap this week until after we'd already made plans, which include me staying home this week. So I've been staying home with him. We yesterday we 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 built some things with Legos. Uh, we've just been having a, a good time playing around at home, trying to not be on on the TV all day. But today we went and grabbed some some breakfast at Krispy Kreme. He had a, a good grades report that was able to trade in for a donut. And we just had breakfast there. And then I've been prepping and recording the po- podcast. He's been by himself for just a little bit. Figured out when he has control of the TV, this really shouldn't be a surprise. One, he's been a big fan of Disney Plus, but he's been watching the same two movies back to back. Like he'll watch a movie, you know, whether he's sitting down watching the whole thing or in segments. So he'll watch 101 Dalmatians, the old uh, original version, and then he'll watch Monsters, Inc. And then he'll finish that one and go back to 101 Dalmatians and then back to Monsters, It's just, I was like, bud, you know, like there are sequels, there are remakes, and he didn't care. He just wants to watch those same things. So it shouldn't really be that much of a surprise, but my son can watch the same two movies. Helpful for me. I'm able to get some stuff done, some chores done, and work around the house between us playing together. So that'll do it for us on the 23 personal podcast. We will probably have a post game instant reaction on Friday. We'll also talk about the Iowa basketball game from Thursday night. And then we will probably get into a different kind of schedule once football season is completely over and we welcome Michael back from vacation until then guns up. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.